Ooh, perfect timing. The world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. There's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gonz as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Cry News Talk. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Today is August 10th, 2020. This is episode 230. And today, War on Children. And you know me, I'm your best buddy, Basil. And this is Gons. Did you know that the word kid comes from the young of a goat? I don't know if that's where it comes from, but oh, I yeah. do know that Circa baby goats are called kids. The origin okay, of the word. A, a cause and effect thing here, but I get it. Okay, okay. Um, now, I just want to make sure real quick, Gons, before we get too deep into it here, I want to make sure that everybody can hear you. So if, yeah. <laughs> uh, we, if you're watching the live stream, if you can hear Gons, make sure to pop something in the chat right now so we know it's working. That's been one of our biggest problems is Gons mysteriously disappearing at the beginning of the show. All right. I see somebody says, yep. I'm assuming that you're coming through Gonzo. Sounds, it looks like I am at least on the, uh, the computer monitors here. So I think, I think I am coming through. Yahoo. We did it. Made it work. We've, we finally learned how to podcast Gons. (laughs) Only took (laughs) nine years, but I think we're almost a decade and we finally got it. Well, this is fun. We're back. It's Monday, Gons. It's Monday. It's Monday. Are you uh, enjoying your, your first day of the Gregorian week here? Yeah. Did you know kids comes from the young of a goat? Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's Scandinavian. You should know. It's Old Norse. I I don't doubt you. I do know that the young of a goat is called a kid, but was what came first? That came the first. goat kid or the human kid? The, the goat kid. Circa 1200. Mm. The human kid okay. didn't happen until the 1590s as a slang. Oh wow. Yeah. You've really looked into this, haven't oh, you? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm looking it up. Is this part of a new theory? Is there a, are we going to get a breakdown no, of what this means no for huge, our human children? No, no huge uh, theory, although I will say that it's eh, somewhat thematic to a couple stories we'll get to later. But, um, okay. you, know, you know, you know, the language police, you can say like, hey, I got kids over here. And they're like, hey, now, what do yeah. you got? Little, you've, little goat children. Is little, that what you have? Goats. Also kangaroo. No, those are called joeys. Um, <laughs> yeah. See, you've opened up a whole can of worms. Chat is exploding with alternate uh, facts. Yeah. Alternative facts, guys. <laughs> How do you know they're alternative? Maybe they're I just don't know who facts. to believe anymore. <laughs> All right. Well, it's either your facts or their facts. You can't have two <laughs> opposing facts. Uh, Although that else? seems to be the world that we live in. Yeah. That we can have alternative facts. But uh, speaking of alternative facts, Gons, I think it's time to jump into the Flippy Update. Flippy Update. Do you want fries with that? Watch out, Canada. This is the uh, the firstnews.com. The headline is Space Agency signs 2.5 million euro contract for Titan robotic arm project. If this is your first show, keep in mind Flippy is our colloquial name for the disembodied arms that are taking our jobs, enslaving our children, and flirting with our spouses. All three of those examples sound sarcastic, but they are indeed true. Um, so tune in at the beginning of the show here to keep an eye uh, on Flippy. 
Flippy and have the proxy conversation. We use Flippy uh, as, as an example for how robotics and AI are weaseling their way into our lives in all sorts of unexpected ways. This one's not so unexpected. But uh, our Canadian listeners, they're going to have to step it up because Canada for a long time has had the the honor of being the uh, the funder and the builder of Canada Arm 2, the famous robotic arm that is moving stuff around up in space for the International Space Station. But now this article has some more info for us. Polish company. P-I-A-P, P-I-A-P, Space, has signed a contract worth 2.5 million euros with the European Space Agency to build a robotic arm for fixing satellites on orbit. The Titan Project will be the largest in history of the Polish space industry and the first for an entire satellite subsystem. P-I-A-P, Space, will build a prototype of a multi-joint robotic arm for the future uh, deorbiting and servicing of satellites in the Earth's orbit. They will begin with a laboratory model of the robotic joint and then construct a prototype arm consisting of different types of joints to test its functionality in various scenarios. Matsuts Wolski, Piap Space's president of the board, said, quote, The Titan Project is a great success of the company for which we worked with our team of subcontractors for almost three years. This project is is especially important for us. It is proof of the European Space Agency's trust in us as they entrusted the integration of the whole. Man, I have completely lost all existence in virtual world here. Oh no, this is bad. <laughs> oh no, bad timing. Hold on, hold on. Right. Oh my gosh. Okay, wow. do you want me to finish Gaunt, the story? You're going to have to take the rest of this. I, I got to go through some uh, okay. things here to get, get my life back in order. All right, so uh, it says here, quote, a lot of hard work awaits us, but it is an important step in achieving the strategic goals of the company. The implementation of the Titan project will bring us closer to the introduction of the robotic arm on the commercial market, end quote. Um, yeah, they're going to use it on the space agency. Uh, I have a little quote from at the end here highlighted creating a new class of robots capable of working in the harsh conditions of the space environment is a goal that we have set for ourselves when organizing PAP space. I am pleased yeah. to see that we are moving from the first stage of uh, preparatory works to the stage of product development. In this case of the robot arm satellite subsystem, you know, I have a question though. Yes. For flat earthers, what are they building here? Are they building a robot arm just attached to the firmament, like trying to disassemble it, or what? Like, what's the? Well, that's the that's the conspiracy, isn't it? Maybe these uh, giant robot arms. Again, shout out Titan. to Canada. Shout out to Canada Arm Two, our most beloved giant space arm. But uh, Poland's coming for you. Um, with Project Titan, you know, maybe they are uh, affixing the arms to the the dome above the uh, flat Earth in order to reach through it and uh, transport goods from the heavenly realms to the earthly realms. Yeah. All right. Yeah. OK, there you go. OK, uh, I'm back in action here. So there you go. I just uh, you know, we have a lot of Canadian listeners and I, I was so excited to to hail uh, the the praises of Canada Arm Two and their 
their uh, participation in the International Space Station. But you got to watch it. You got to step up your game, Canada, because Project Titan is coming for you. (laughs) All right. Well, we have a a whole bunch of updates here. The first one. Well, let's get the update jingle out of the way. We interrupt this broadcast to give you a brief update. By the end of this timely interruption, you will be thoroughly updated. If you're working alone, wear a mask. The mask's not for you. It's to protect the people you care about. This is bizpackreview.com. Dentist warns harmful mask mouth is impacting 50% of patients due to prolonged use of masks. Did you know about this, Basil? Mask no. mouth. As if the debate mask over mouth. As if the debate over face mask wearing amid COVID-19 isn't contentious enough in some quarters. A dental practice is warning that keeping your mouth covered all or most of the time could allegedly lead to harmful hygiene issues such as Uh-oh. gum recession, uh, periodontal disease, and bad breath. A Manhattan, oh, no. <laughs> a Manhattan dentist calls this potential side effect mask mouth as a play on meth mouth that colloquially refers to the decay of teeth and gums among drug addicts. Explaining the phenomenon, the dentist Dr. Rob Ramondi told the New York Post that, quote, we're seeing inflammation in people's gums that have been healthy forever and cavities in people who have never had them before. About 50% of our patients are being impacted by this. So we decided to name it Mask Mouth after Meth Mouth. Oh, no. (laughs) Ramondi's colleague, uh, Dr. Mark Scafani, explained that, quote, people tend to breathe through their mouth instead of through their nose while wearing a mask. Mm. The mouth breathing is causing the dry mouth, which leads to a decrease in saliva and saliva is what fights the bacteria and cleanses uh, your teeth and uh, your teeth. Saliva is also what neutralizes acid in the mouth and helps prevent tooth decay and gum disease. And it goes on here, but uh, oh, I got a little highlight here. Uh, If it turns out that gum recession is a potentially dangerous health outcome for prolonged face mask usage, that could escalate the allegations about an infringement on personal freedom to a whole new level. So there you go. Uh, mask mouth, Basil, your uh, bad breath and um, decaying gums all because you wear the mask. And also masks are turning us all into mouth breathers. <laughs> I was going to say that's uh, it's quite <laughs> the insult, or at least it used to be. Um, this is, uh, this is, this is interesting because this whole mask thing hasn't really even been around that long. If it can cause such damage in just, you know, five months of wearing it periodically as you leave the house, I, yeah, you know, that's, that seems like a quick effect. I feel like there's some missing variables like people not going to work and so therefore not brushing their teeth. You know, that could probably mm. have something to do with it as well. Just being in, yeah. in your house all the time, <laughs> not feeling like you need to brush your teeth or freshen yeah, up. Not not uh, seeing too many people of the outside outside affiliations. Right. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> there you go. I call, outside that's what I call other people. People <laughs> Great. of other outside affiliations. Oh, wonderful. Oh, that's funny. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty intense. Well, there you go. Another, uh, another point of contention for the mask debate, the great mask debate. <laughs> All right. We also have this, uh, update here. It's gotta be biblical. 33 is the number of completion of the great war. This is from the gospel coalition survey. Majority of American Christians don't believe the gospel. That's Uh-oh. discouraging. Mm. Uh, I'm only going to read the first 
couple paragraphs here. A new survey finds that a majority of people who describe themselves as Christian accept a works-oriented means to God's acceptance. A survey conducted mm-hmm. by the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University find that American adults today increasingly adopt a, quote, salvation can be earned perspective. A plurality of adults, 48%, believe that if a person is generally good or does enough good things during their life, they will earn a place in heaven. One third of of adults, 35%, disagree. A majority of Americans who describe themselves as Christian, 52%, also accept a works-oriented means to God's acceptance, even those association, uh, associated with churches whose official doctrine says eternal salvation comes only from embracing Jesus Christ as Savior. Almost half of all adults associated with Pentecostal, 46%, mainline Protestant, 44%, and evangelical, 41% churches, as well as nearly two-thirds of Catholics, 70%, hold that view. While about 65% of American adults describe themselves as Christians, only about half, 54%, believe they uh, they will experience heaven after they die. Mm. Uh, only one-third of adults, that's 33%, Ooh. believe they will go to heaven solely because of confessing their sins and embracing Jesus as their Savior. Uh, another one in five expecting to experience heaven are counting on earning their way in uh, or because they embrace universalism. That is uh, God will let all people into heaven. So yeah, hmm. kind of interesting how they slap that 33% number on the people that actually believe they'll, uh, uh, you know, get into heaven solely because of confessing their sins and uh, embracing yeah. Jesus as their savior. Well, I don't know. There you go. I mean, that's certainly, it certainly is a bigger debate than I think uh, a lot of people get uh, think about often i won't say that they don't hold uh uh strong opinions about it but uh, it's one of those things where depending on the the community uh, the yeah. christian community that you're in um that can kind of be taken for granted and of course uh, people all all sides have all sorts of uh, uh scriptural references to support their side of the the debate there but yep that is very interesting 33 percent uh popping up again mm-hmm. as it always does yep. in order to uh, just you know send a little message it's almost like a reverse you know, kind of thing where they're trying to slap 33% on the, on those who believe. But anyway, uh, just thought I'd throw that in there because, uh, I thought it was an interesting little article. They do a lot of these surveys and surveys are only as good as, uh, you know, the people who actually take them. So it's not, I know. And there's always questions too, about how the data is, uh, extracted, how the, the wording of the questions is the little details, little rhetorical details that, you know, can have uh, big effects on on the the emotional impact of these types of polls. For instance, one of them being, uh, let's see, only about half, 54%, believe they will experience heaven after right. they die. Right. Well, what does experience mean? Right. You know? <laughs> You're just going to experience it and then get thrown in hell? Or are you going to be there? Or what? Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of uh, and then gray the, area. Even the 33% believe they will go to heaven solely because mm-hmm. of confessing their sins uh, and embracing Jesus as their savior. And then comes the question, you know, yeah, if you confess your sins and embrace Jesus as your savior and then, uh, you know, run around 
murdering people and doing bad things. The question is, are you still uh, secured in heaven just because, you know, of a uh, one time confession type of thing, which, you know, is a big contentious point, even for non-Christians. You know, even when I was when I was younger in high school, having a lot of these conversations with other high schoolers, which, you know, is is just about worth what it is. you know, the, one of the big criticisms from the non-Christian high schoolers was, well, you can just accept Jesus and say a little prayer and then run around murdering people and you'll still go to heaven. And uh, yeah, the, the once saved, always saved non-works based salvation does make that a complicated conversation to have. Um, but of course, there's all sorts of doctrinal views on this. Um, and uh, there you go. There yep. you go. Stats, yep. polls, stats, wording, polls, Christian rhetoric. polls. Yep. Uh, all right. One more quick update here, and this has to do with Lebanon. It will kill. And uh, you want to take this one here? Oh, sure. Here I go. This is from NBCnews.com. The article's titled Lebanese Government Resigns as Fury Over Deadly Explosion Deepens Political Crisis. The government resigns. The government, (laughs) the Lebanon's government resigned Monday. (laughs) The whole (laughs) government just resigned. It's crazy. Oh, wow. As the fallout from last week's deadly explosion deepened a political crisis in the country's blast-ravaged capital, Prime Minister Hassan Diab said he would resign along with all of his ministers. Quote, we will back down and stand with the people. We need to open the door for the people. He said in a televised address to the nation before presenting his resignation to President Michael Aoun. That's interesting. So there's a prime minister and a president. The move comes after enraged protesters and world leaders alike demanded political reform following the August 4th blast that killed almost 160 people and injured thousands more. Protesters took to the streets of Beirut again Sunday with video showing what appeared to be tear gas canisters being fired at demonstrators who had congregated in a street near the parliament. Diab blamed politicians who preceded him for the earthquake that has hit Lebanon. Uh, that earthquake being in scare quotes there. Uh, the quote continues, this disaster, which has hit Lebanese, the Lebanese at the core, occurred as a result of chronic corruption in politics, administration and the state. He said in a televised address, the former professor said his government had failed in his battle against corruption. Quote, they knew that we pose a threat to them and that the success of this government means a real change in this long ruling class whose corruption has asphyxiated the country. Wow. There will now be negotiations in parliament as to who will be the next prime minister amid calls for widespread economic political reform. These negotiations could take weeks or even months, according to Kareem Maxdisi, an associate professor at the American University of Beirut, or could be very quick if an agreement has already been made behind closed doors. Last week's blast, which sent a mushroom-like cloud into the sky above Beirut's port, dealt a blow to a country already on its knees. The blast was triggered when a warehouse fire ignited, ignited hundreds of tons of ammonium nitrate, according to, to Diab, it sent a shockwave that scarred the coastline of Beirut, destroying hundreds of buildings and leaving many homeless. Uh, the article continues there, but I think we get the gist of it. This is a pretty big deal, Gons, and you know, I've been following the whole thing as it... Uh, um, 
as it uh, has been developing over the last week or so is very interesting. It seems like the the main belief held by at least the outspoken Lebanese is that this was a bomb. I mean, whether or not it was an actual accident or just, a, you know, a, a product of corruption and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, many of the outspoken activists and things, they're just straight up calling it a bomb. They think it's totally part of some plan to further cripple the people of uh, Lebanon um, and, you know, help some sort of uh, grip tighten around the people. But, you know, a whole government resigning is pretty exciting. It did not mention that the president himself would be resigning, just the prime minister and the the lesser ministers. I don't really understand uh, fully, it's just outside of my cultural context, how you can have a president and a prime minister and a bunch of other little ministers, but I guess that how, that's how that works over there. Um, so you've got a full-scale revolution going on, it feels like. Yeah, and it's been uh, interesting to see a lot of the response from our last episode when we talked about, or a couple episodes, uh, when we talked about some of the uh, potential technologies being used and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, we explore those those things without any kind of proof. We just uh, sort of look at the, the potential of that technology. Right. And uh, it was interesting to see that uh, Trump called it a, an attack early on, and then he started to back off and say disaster, much like the uh, disaster that happened in Texas in like 1947. And there's a few mm-hmm. others that are similar, although uh, not exactly the same. Um, and, you know, they're sending all kinds of Trump sending all kinds of uh, resources over there. And, um, you know, uh, yeah, Lebanon being their, you know, currency went haywire, what, two, three months ago, they were doing like a, a mock funeral for their currency. And so yeah. they're already in uh, economic turmoil. And so something like this would definitely be a kind of like a final blow uh, to just crumble it all and restart or, or whatever the agenda is. Um, it kind of seems to align with the whole great reset type of mentality, you know, let's just blow it up. Just to start over, you know, right. might as well yeah. just tear and- it all down, you know? Yeah, and of course, you know, governments uh, causing some sort of explosive disaster is is not yeah, new. No. Not even, I mean, forget uh, any more recent examples, but, you know, Hitler uh, taking down his own parliament building, using that as uh, a way to take control um, and switch out the regimes. That's always the spooky part with this type of thing is... Uh, you know, again, it goes back to who's pulling your your puppet strings, because just because the government who is considered corrupt and, you know, not making good things happen uh, resigns, that does not automatically mean that whoever comes in to replace that regime is going to be any better. I mean, that's exactly what happened with Hitler. He was sort of a, a sidelined. He was almost a joke before he uh, before events led to his party taking power. Um, right. And, you know, there's certainly a lot of Germans who uh, would have preferred to replace the power structure with literally anyone besides Hitler. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you just never know. Hopefully it all comes out for the best for the Lebanese people. But as we know, the power structures and the people who uh, occupy them are, you know, they, they are really good at getting people, convincing people that they're the right choice. Uh, and you never know until it's too late. Yep. Yep. 
Uh, and, and, you know, again, all this coming at a time when gold is hitting all time highs, uh, silver making a huge rally and even Bitcoin making, making some rounds. So yeah. very interesting. And that has not, and it's not just to do with Lebanon. It has to do with a lot of, I think China has a lot to do with that too, but, uh, people trying to flee Hong Kong and stuff, you know, trying to secure some of their cash and whatnot. Um, but yeah, very interesting, something to keep an eye on. And I just thought it was Pretty crazy to see a headline that says Lebanese government resigns. You know what? It, can you imagine the U.S. U.S. government resigns? Just the whole government, uh, no. which which would That's be it. a very uh, that would be so many layers to that. You know, because what the federal government, the state government. You know, we have we're a little more. Uh, I guess the word is decentralized. You know, a good way to get uh, the United States Congress to resign uh, for Trump to sign a bunch of executive orders. <laughs> <laughs> well, first you take away their power to give themselves pay raises. Right. Then you take away the exemptions where they're allowed. Uh, I mean, literally allowed to do insider trading. Yeah. Uh, take away, you know, take away all these, you know, very corrupt rules that uh, uh, let Congress people get away <laughs> with so much. And what? we can't be corrupt anymore. What, do, what, what are we gonna, What are we doing here then? <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? I can't break all sorts of laws that. Uh, apply to every other citizen well this why am i even in this job get me out of here that's yeah. what it would take yeah all right cool well that's sort okay. of our quick updates and um you know there's always more updates to be had but i think we need to get to the uh the big story that we pushed off for a whole week uh, two two episodes now yeah this is our third episode trying to get to this story and it's almost <laughs> almost past the point of uh, relevancy yeah, I, I, you know, that's what I was going to say, but I would say I think it is still very relevant, yeah. but it is past the point of the initial shock and awe, right. um, which maybe it's best that yep. we uh, come at it at this time. So I'm going to read over here from the dailymail.co.uk and in classic race war. I've warned you and warned you and warned you. Sorry, I had to, had to in get classic. That in. Daily Mail fashion, uh, the first paragraph that serves as a headline here says exclusive body cam footage. Police body cam footage shows moment by moment arrest of George Floyd for the first time from terror on his face when officer points a gun at his head, sobbing before he's shoved into a squad car oh and gosh. begging to breathe as his life is drained away. Wow. I can't even smokes. get this whole headline to fit in the little I have to like yeah, decrease. Screen, yeah, yeah, I have to yeah. shrink the whole thing to make it happen. <laughs> okay. The article reads: Body cam footage from two cops accused in the murder of George Floyd is revealing uh, is revealed exclusively by DailyMail.com today, and it shows a rookie officer terrifying Floyd by pointing a handgun at his head, and another callously picking a pebble from the squad car tire just inches from the dying man and seconds before he draws his last breath. The tapes show in minute, sorry, in minute detail, how a very distressed Floyd begs Mr. Officer, please don't shoot me, please man, before the struggle that ended with his death on May 25th. It also shows how belligerent cops cursed at and manhandled the sobbing suspect, ignoring his pleas for compassion. Floyd resisted as the cops tried to force him into the back of the car, telling him, uh, telling them he suffers from claustrophobia phobia and anxiety and how officer Derek Chauvin knelt on his neck for nearly nine minutes leading to his death, ignoring Floyd's repeated cries of I can't breathe. 
Floyd is even heard predicting his own death. Quote, I'll probably just die this way, he says. Transcripts from the videos were released in mid-July, but a judge in Minneapolis had ruled the video could only be viewed in the courthouse, meaning few people have had the chance to watch the powerful images. But the footage has now been leaked to the DailyMail.com, so the world can finally see the tragedy of Floyd's last minutes as cops were mindless of Floyd's anguish. The footage includes more than 18 minutes from Officer Alex Quing's, Quing's body cam and 10 minutes from Officer Thomas Lane. They were the first two cops to arrive on the scene after a complaint that Floyd had attempted to pass a fake $20 bill to buy cigarettes, uh, cigarettes at Cup Foods, a store in the Powderhorn Park section of Minneapolis. Oops, so many videos trying to play on my screen here. Let's stop that. Okie dokie. Uh, Chauvin and a fourth officer, Tao Thao, uh, were, all, were called in to assist. All four were fired the day after Floyd's death. Chauvin, 44, has been charged with Floyd's murder, and the th other three face charges of aiding and abetting murder. The events have led to months of Black Lives Matter protests throughout the country over police racism and brutality. The two officers' body cam videos have been filed with Hennepin County District Court by Lane's defense attorney. It is clear from the video that Floyd was not trying to run away. He had plenty of time to leave the scene before police arrived, but instead he decided to sit in his car with two friends, giving the cops an opportunity to approach the videos the videos begin with lane 37 and kung 26 both in their first week as oh wow both in their first week as minneapolis police officers uh entering cup foods oh man what is going on here <sighs> my virtual reality office has been destroyed again guns you have to take <laughs> it for a second okay uh let's see Can we just Where have we? one show without technical difficulties no no, especially if, especially if you're going to be using your VR setup there. Oh, this is... Uh, let's see. Uh, where were you? I wasn't really following I along. I am back in action. Okay. Uh, the videos begin with Lane 37, Kung 26, both in their first week as Minneapolis police officers entering Cup Foods. A staff member rushes up to them, waving the banknote. Quote, before they drive off, he's parked right here. It's a fake bill from the gentleman, he tells the cops. Lane and Kung then both approach Floyd's blue Mercedes SUV on the other side of the street. Lane goes to the driver's side where Floyd is sitting at the wheel and Kung approaches the passenger side where Floyd's ex, Shawanda Hill, is in the back seat and a friend, Maurice Hall, is in the front. Lane is seen knocking on the car window with his flashlight, but Floyd does not immediately open the door. Once the door is open, Lane immediately pulls out his handgun and points it straight at Floyd's head. Now remember, it's going to take us a little bit beat by beat here uh, to describe the footage. Um, and just keep in mind that before this, the only footage really that was available of the incident was the cell phone footage caught of, you know, the, the last minutes of this whole thing. So right. this official sort of breakdown uh, as of the fourth was brand new. Uh, okay, so Lane immediately pulls out his handgun and points it straight at Floyd's head. Quote, hey, man, I'm sorry, Floyd says and apologizes again after Lane gets belligerent. Put your effing hands up right now. Let me see your other hand, the cop is heard saying. Floyd does not immediately put his hands on the wheel. Put your effing hands up there, Lane orders him. Uh... Jesus Christ, keep your effing hands on the wheel. Wow, this is aggressive language here. Floyd tells the officer he had been shot before, and Lane replies again with the keep your effing hands on the wheel. 
going down, lots of pictures here. Lane then tells Floyd to put his foot inside the vehicle. I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, Floyd replies. Uh, gosh dang man, man, I got shot the same way, Mr. Officer, before. Okay, well then, I say, let me see your hands. You put your effing hands up, Lane responds. The cop then orders Floyd out of the car, hands on top of your head. Step out of the vehicle and step away from me, he says. Floyd replies, okay, Mr. Officer, please don't shoot me. Please, man. I'm not going to shoot you, Lane says. Step out and face away. I'll look at you eye to eye. Please don't shoot me, man. I just lost my mom, man. Floyd, 46, is seen sobbing as Kung and Lane pull him out of the car and handcuff him. After getting Floyd out of the car, Lane then starts talking to passengers, Hill and Hall. Why is he being all squirrely and not showing us his hands and just being all weird like that? Because he's been shot before, Hill, 45, replies. Well, I get that, Lane says, but still, when an officer says, get out of the car, is he drunk or something? No, he's just, he's got a thing going on, Hill says, pointing to her head and making a circular movement with her finger, as if to suggest her ex had, a men had mental problems about the police, she adds. I'm um, scrolling down. The two officers then walk Floyd to the squad car, and the struggle really begins when Floyd refuses to get in, saying he has claustrophobia. He falls to the ground. Stand up. Stop falling down. Kung shouts. Stay on your feet and face the car door. Please, man, don't leave me by myself, man. Please, I'm just claustrophobic. Well, you're still going in the car, Lane says. Y'all, I'm going to die in here, Floyd protests. I'm going to die, man. I just had COVID, man. I don't want to go back to that. Lane officer uh, Lane offers to roll the cruiser windows down to help his phobia, but Floyd still struggles. I'm scared as F, he says. A bystander tells Floyd to calm down because he cannot win in the situation he is in. Quote, I don't want to win, Floyd says. I'm claustrophobic and I've got anxiety. I don't want to do nothing to them. While still in the car, Floyd says for the first time the line that has become synonymous with his death, I can't breathe, shortly afterwards Chauvin and Tao arrive on the scene. The officers finally get him in the squad car and close the rear driver's side door behind him, but for a reason that is not clear from the video, Floyd comes out of the passenger side door, still struggling. Within seconds, he's lying on the sidewalk with Chauvin's knee pressed against his neck and Lane and Kung helping to restrain him. He says he can't breathe over and over again and calls for his mama, but his voice slowly gets weaker as his life drains away. Tell my kids I love them, I'm dead, he says at one point. Uh, da, 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 da. Kung is seen nonchalantly picking a pebble from the squad car tire as his right hand uh, with his right hand as he restrains Floyd's legs with his left. As his knee presses the life out of Floyd, Chauvin, the most senior officer on the scene, asks rookies Lane and Kung if they are okay. Quote, my knee might be a little scratched, but I will survive, Lane answers. Tao asks his fellow officers whether Floyd is high. I believe so. We found a pipe, Kung replies. Lane says, we found a weed pipe. There might be something else. There might be like PCP or something. Then Floyd continues to wail that he can't breathe. Kung is heard telling him, you're fine. You're talking fine. Floyd replies, I'm probably just, I'll probably just die this way. 
I'm through, Floyd says. I'm claustrophobic. My stomach hurts. My neck hurts. Everything hurts. I need some water or something, please. Then stop talking. Stop yelling, Chauvin replies. It takes a heck of a lot of oxygen to talk. As Floyd stops moving, Chauvin keeps his knee on his neck despite complaints from a small crowd that has gathered. Check his pulse, one man says repeatedly. You call what you are doing okay, but the other officers do little to stop Chauvin. At one point, Lane asks, should we roll him on his side? but Chauvin replies, no, he's staying where we've got him. Okay, Lane says, I just worry about the excited delirium or whatever. Well, that's why we got the ambulance coming, Chauvin says. By the time EMTs arrive, George Floyd was dead. And that's the end of the breakdown. Um, So a lot in there, but there was a lot more also uh, that bring up questions. Gans, what are your first thoughts? Uh, I've been distracted looking at this Trump press conference that's breaking right now. He apparently ended it abruptly and people are saying there were gunshots outside the white house just now. Really? Yeah. But, uh, let me pull the, uh, I'm sorry to switch, switch on you. No, that's okay. In, uh, you know, I can do a little bit more breakdown on my end while you investigate that. Let's let's see, uh, real quick. Let me just see, because I have this footage here from MSNBC. It's a 20 second Mm -hmm. clip of Trump ending his conference uh, or press conference abruptly. So let's okay, a little let's take breaking a look at news this. here. Going, it looks like they're just about going to be topping records, hopefully soon. Excuse me. So it sounds like the, the Secret Service guy says there was shooting outside. Hmm. That's what it sounded like to me. And then Trump going, "Oh, okay," and he kind of like nonchalantly walks off. <laughs> and uh yeah. yeah let me let's let's play that one you more time here one of the photographers <laughs> just so excited by the fact that the <laughs> secret service guy is on stage try try to listen in here like you're just about going to be topping records hopefully sure. soon excuse me <laughs> that photographer ruins the whole thing so hard to hear he what's really happening. Does. Yeah. Um, that photographer gets these 15 minutes of historical fame by yeah. totally disrupting <laughs> some pretty was good sh- news. Was it a gun or a, or a yeah, machine gun camera? <laughs> um, yeah, interesting. I mean, you know, all the, the different... Uh, uh, responses here. Some people saying stage to look important. Other people saying, you know, this is it. They're going after him. Um, anyway. Yeah. We'll, we'll kind of keep an eye well, on especially it. Especially after Trump's uh, weird comment. cryptic comment the other day saying, oh, but basically saying they're going to try to kill me. So I might uh, hide for a while. Right, right, right. Okay. Regarding um, his, uh, his pharmaceutical industry uh, related executive orders. Yeah, so, let me uh, okay. let me dig around well, a little more. You can kind of wrap keep up an the eye Floyd on that. Thing. I'll, yeah. I'll just yeah. So uh, if you haven't done it already, you can actually watch uh, this extended footage. And one thing that a lot of people are are making a pretty significant deal about is that he was saying, "I can't breathe" long before um, the 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 knee on the neck part of the incident, um, which has certainly become ammunition for those uh, who are skeptical of the response to the whole thing. Um, and then, you know, along with the, uh, I don't know, uh, I don't know what the official term is, but whatever 
degree of evidence is that his ex is kind of calling him cuckoo right before um and the the random sort of mention of covid i just had covid uh which you know seems like I have no idea. He may or may not have had COVID, um, but certainly that would affect some sort of breathing. Even after recovery from COVID, there's a lot of uh, talk in the scientific circles about ongoing uh, lung and heart damage that uh, can be long lasting after COVID. So that may have um, been involved as well. One thing that uh, I noticed since we... Uh, since I first read this article, I believe the first time uh, or the first article I read made a big deal about mentioning his toxicology report. I don't know if you have an alternate article that would have that information, um, but there's reports that the toxicology report uh, showed all sorts of different things in his uh, bloodstream, including fentanyl, uh, which is a very, very powerful. I don't know if it's officially an opioid. I would, I'm just going to call it that for the sake of this conversation, um, where, you know, a piece of fentanyl the size of a grain of sand is enough to, like, kill a grown man. Um and, uh, you know, when I first read this article, it had the actual toxicology numbers about the amount of the different drugs in his bloodstream. But one big uh, aspect of fentanyl use is uh, significant respiratory uh, suppression, respiratory function suppression, yeah. uh, which could have added to the I can't breathe thing. I mean, you mix COVID and fentanyl and uh, what seems to be like an anxiety attack, evidence of some sort of anxiety, whether it's an ongoing disorder or, or an existing anxiety thing. He does say in a quote, I'm claustrophobic and I've got anxiety. So, you know, between an anxiety attack, uh, COVID uh, effects and uh, the effects of fentanyl in the system. Uh, certainly, uh, respiratory distress is almost guaranteed when you start uh, adding those things together. Again, just to just to say it outright, no matter what these details are, you know, the his death is tragic. Tr these deaths are always tragic, um, especially when there was no immediate need, like there was no uh, self-defense thing. He didn't right. pull a gun. He didn't do anything like that. So well, uh, let's be clear and say that it's, you know, all deaths are tragic when they don't have to happen. Um, and this being one of them, especially because it uh, causes it was the trigger, the catalyst for such uh, dynamic social social unrest that we have in the U.S. today. But there you go. So the all these things are going to go into the final judgment of Officer Chauvin specifically, but I'm sure the rest of these three officers. I have a feeling that Chauvin's going to get off with a, a manslaughter at at worst. Um, which I don't think is going to come as a surprise to anybody uh, on on either side of the, the conversation. Um, and uh, who knows what kind of continued unrest that that's going to cause. Uh, we might need to look into when Chauvin is actually scheduled for his uh, court dates and things. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you brought up so many points there. But um, yeah, fentanyl is officially an opioid narcotic. And uh, of course, Mixing that with a meth, methamphetamine, which was also in his system, 
is uh, it's right. the mixture of that which is very uh, uh, troubling. I would say in in sort of the the mental state of someone, especially if you if you've been shot once and you have a gun pointed mm-hmm. at you, and you yeah. allegedly have uh, anxiety and you're claustrophobic and you had fentanyl and meth and THC in your system. That's, that's a lot. And And you're recovering from COVID allegedly. I mean, that's like a lot of stuff. Yeah. And uh, so So, uh, the death makes more sense after all of these, uh, right. uh, These things. And and assume not not in sort of a, (laughs) not in any other way besides a medical way, I suppose. Well, that's, that's the real question here because did the knee really kill him or was all that other stuff responsible for his heart stopping, you know? And that's kind of where, I don't know if we'll that's ever where know. The, yeah. That's and, where the case is going to go. And that's why I think manslaughter is the, uh, is just about as worse as Chauvin, you know, the worst case scenario for Chauvin. Cause right. certainly the knee was a contributing factor. Um, but you know, when it comes to a court case, that's, that's one way to get, uh, a charge significantly reduced when you just become a factor in an accident like this. Right. Right. And, um, and, even, and, and I don't mean to call it an accident on for any other reason than just looking for a word right. an incident. Well, and the fact that these officers were, you know, just barely new onto the scene, that's super suspicious. I, I mean, given all of the, <laughs> you know, all the TV shows we watch and how they infiltrate organizations and stuff. It's like, Hmm, that's very uh, interesting how that happened so quickly. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of my, where my skeptic mind goes. But again, you know, one of the things people talk about how does any of this matter? It's a false flag. And uh, it's, it's something to point out that just because something is a false flag doesn't mean that someone doesn't die. Right. You know, it, it doesn't mean that it's all fake. Um, yeah, it's, that is it's a common used. misconception with yeah. uh, the term false flag. Just because something is a false flag does not mean it's all crisis actors and scripts. Right. Uh, just but means that there was some forethought to the incident. There could have uh, been some forethought. There could have been. And and obviously they, they used the opportunity. If it wasn't George Floyd's death, it was going to be some other uh, death of an African-American by the hands of a police officer or something along those lines. This one mm-hmm. had, you know, civilian footage and all that kind of stuff to really uh, stoke the fire and really yeah. get, get it going. And, and so it was perfect timing. Uh, just that's suspicious in itself, the timing of it all in general. But um, yeah, I, I, to pick a guy who uh, did have all this other stuff going on, is sort of convenient as well. You know, if, if right. this was a healthy, uh, you know, a healthy, not on drugs man, he may not have died, you know? And so th- th- there's a lot of mystery surrounding this whole thing. When I watched the footage, I did watch the, the actual uh, body cam, at least one of them, mm-hmm. uh, not the, the one that they released last week. And the thing that really jumped out to me was, uh, you know, you kind of mentioned it in the article, but saying, I can't breathe before he ever hit the ground. Um, yeah. and also, uh, basically asking to be put on the ground, <laughs> you know, uh, while resisting arrest. And I get it, you know, if he's having this anxiety attack, whatever that's, uh, makes kind of sense, but it was just weird. Like, Oh no, I don't want to be arrested. I'd rather be on the ground, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, and then being pulled to the ground and, and that whole situation. So, or at it's least just rather very be weird. out of the car, R- yeah. out of the car. Yeah. It's, the whole thing was, uh, you can't say he didn't resist arrest. 
because he was, he was clearly resisting, but also the cop pointing the gun at him. I don't know if that was necessary at the beginning. Yeah, I mean, there's all came, kinds of stuff. came at him pretty aggressive. Yeah. Just coming and at him hard. interesting to know and, that those first two cops were, it was their first week on the job. You that's know, what I'm that saying, does yeah. seem like kind of a rookie move. I mean, pulling your gun <laughs> for a $20, uh, uh, counterfeit bill right. with no prior, you know, contact and just coming right at it with a headshot <laughs> is a right. pretty rookie move. Rookie. Well, not just rookie, but just, uh, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Earning, earning some cred or something within the, cause, uh, I've mentioned it before, but, uh, I think the Minneapolis police, that particular station was, you know, full of corruption anyway. So, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. police brutality is an issue, we're not going to dismiss that. But of course uh, it feels like that was taken advantage of for a cultural movement in this case that has completely gone out of hand. I mean, uh, we didn't talk about it, but we had Chicago uh, shooting and uh, I think a hundred people arrested from uh, looting uh, just last night. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the, the upheaval is continuing on in different parts of the country, and it's all because of this event, allegedly, that sparked it all. But here we are, uh, June, July, August, you know, two and a half months later, and we're still having these violent uh, clashes between the the establishment police and the, uh, you know, the, the people that are, well, what's being labeled as protesters, although I would argue that they're they could be paid uh, uh, provocateurs at this it's point. It's a mix. I think it's yeah. a mixed bag. Definitely yeah, a mixed sure. bag. Uh, yeah. So getting back to the Trump thing real quick, he did return to the White House briefing room and said there was a shooting outside the White House. Uh, mm. So I guess that's why he went in. Um, I, I don't see much else uh, updated other than uh, Secret Service trending uh hashtag blame trump trending right alongside it uh, <laughs> that's been ha- that's been trending for about four years now. <laughs> yeah interrupt hashtag interrupt trump uh also part of the um trending cycle here so uh, we'll see we'll see what happens uh definitely could be staged you just can't tell anymore with these things, you know? Yeah, there's a new story that came out at 517 Central or CDT. What is CDT? Uh, hmm, I don't know. Central something? I don't know. I'll th- I'll yeah, but uh, for 517. So uh, let's see. That was... Uh, yeah, central two daylight hours, two hours ahead of us i guess yeah, central daylight um, but time. just moments moments ago says president donald trump was blah 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 quote there was an actual shooting and somebody's been taken to the hospital trump said the president said the shots were fired by law enforcement saying he believed the individual who was shot was armed it was the suspect who was shot okay hmm. so yeah somebody sh- there you go. That is very interesting. Uh, possible possible assassination attempt uh, thwarted by law enforcement. Trump said he was escorted to the Oval Office by the agent. The White House was placed on lockdown following the incident. Trump praised the work of Secret Service personnel for their work uh, in keeping him safe. Reuters White House reporter Jeff Mason tweeted that the briefing room doors were locked after the president left. Okay, so locking all the reporters inside there. (laughs) And uh, that's all the info right now. Let me uh, play this here. This is a short clip that was tweeted out by Breaking 9-11. As he returns uh, here in Washington after shots fired near the White House. There was a shooting 
outside of the White House and seems to be very well under control. I'd like to thank the Secret Service for doing their uh, always quick and very effective work. But there was an actual shooting and uh, somebody's been taken to the hospital. I don't know the condition of the person. It seems that the person was was shot by Secret Service. So we'll see what happens. And there's a weird uh, kind of cadence or, or demeanor uh, from Trump. When any, there's been a couple times when this type of thing has happened where you know, he's been taken off stage and stuff like that. And he's never in a hurry. You know, he's never, he's, it's almost like he's expecting it. Very interesting. Uh, I don't know. Type of response. Yeah, that occurred, that occurred to me as well, you know, especially of an event like that, which as of now has such little, um, such little actual consequences besides he gets to uh, have the bragging rights of an attempted assassination. I don't know if this is true, but to me, uh, it feels like, you know, when a president has an attempted assass- an, an assassination attempt, kind of seems like a little badge of honor. But I don't know. That might just be me putting my own preconceived notions uh, oh, he, <laughs> onto I'm the sure. mindset of these presidents. I'm sure if uh, if it gets to the debate stage, if if uh, Harry Legs Biden ever gets there, he'll he'll boast about it, you know, uh, t- telling <laughs> telling Biden how he's too slow and nobody's ever tried to kill me. I've had my head <laughs> opened up twice for a brain surgery, but nobody's ever tried to shoot me. Yeah, something like that. Okay, well, we'll again keep an eye on that, and if anything else comes out of it, then we'll definitely report it. But um, yeah, I think we're and, um, wrapping up you, the whole. If Floyd you got thing. the stomach for it. Uh, I would recommend, you know, there's check out the uh, the new footage from the George Floyd body cam um, stuff and uh, add it to your mental library of facts and figures um, to uh, help gain an understanding yourself. Don't just yep. listen to us talk about it. But uh, there you go. A lot of news about that. Yep. Uh, and it only took us a whole week to get to it. <laughs> Finally. Okay. Finally. All right. Well, we have a, what's next. We have a, a story. Well, it's actually kind of more of an opinion piece, but uh, it has some, it's, it's a, it's partly to do with the title of this episode. And um, okay. so we got a couple jingles here to set it up. First we have, well, what happened to my mind control jingle? Hmm. Looks like it disappeared on me. That seems to happen. Mind maybe. control intensifies. Yeah, but also this. And melt those babies into candles. That's right. This is okay. melmagazine.com. And this is a very interesting article. I think we'll try to deconstruct it a little bit. How Save the Children Became a Conspiracy Grift. Oh, jeez. Uh, the marchers arrived at the headquarters of CNN in Hollywood on Friday afternoon, buzzing with righteous energy and looking to make a point to one of America's biggest news networks. They spilled into the small lobby hallway of the building, chanting, save the children and waving signs with all sorts of messages. Child lives matter. Pedophile is not a sexual orientation and sex trafficking. But despite it being the UN's world human trafficking awareness day, there were decidedly stranger signs and ideologies being shared too. Countless signs at the CNN rally and the ensuing march referenced Pizzagate, the widely debunked conspiracy theory. <laughs> With the link, Whoa. 
that claims to pin Hillary Clinton and longtime ally John Podesta to a child sex ring. Uh, others featured some take on the phrase child trafficking is the real pandemic, seemingly downplaying the importance of COVID. Others yet right. were even more violent in their rhetoric, uh, as with one woman who touted around a sign screaming, F vaccinations, execute all pedophiles. The marchers <laughs> even stopped on the Walk of Fame to vandalize Tom Hanks' star with a black Sharpie marker based on the belief that he is a trafficker. Uh, yeah, and no some kidding. videos here. <laughs> Human trafficking has been a crisis all throughout American history, but the advent of the internet and online socializing has made trafficking and abusing kids, kids, eh? an especially profitable venture, really, in the U.S. and abroad. But the Jeffrey Epstein sex abuse case, plus new developments about the involvement of socialite Ghislaine Maxwell, has made child trafficking the source of fuel for a cottage industry of social media that promotes, above all, saving the children. Oh, the humanity. Sounds like somebody writing this article uh, really doesn't want the truth to get out. <laughs> Seriously. Much of the content appears benign, yet the movement is carried on the backs of QAnon conspiracy theorists and magistands. They blame progressive activists and the mainstream media for perceived sins ranging from mass ignorance to a concerted agenda to sexualize children and normalize pedophilia, which we will talk about in a moment here with the Hasbro doll. They believe the biggest crisis that must be addressed in 2020 is child trafficking rather than the economic uh, collapse or America's reckoning with a racist justice system. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, and amid all this fury and righteousness, save the children has become social media's hottest new issue to co-opt. Meanwhile, the muddying of a legitimate tragedy makes it hard to contain the spread of fringe theories with people unknowingly sharing posts from authors who have a questionable grasp of the facts. I was wow. surprised to find this in my own life with friends sharing anti-trafficking posts from accounts that espouse Pizzagate logic elsewhere in their timeline. Interesting. Pizzagate logic, Basil. Do you have Pizzagate logic? <laughs> you know, you know what? I don't like the logic. I mean, Pizzagate logic is one thing, but you can also describe what this person is talking about as Pizzagate logic, which yeah. is if somebody is giving true facts, you know, talking about uh, Epstein's, uh, you know, whole dynasty that includes Ghislaine Maxwell even if there's info about that, which is the least conspiratorial child trafficking uh, concept that you can even, you know, consider. And I will say, because I just like to say it, you know, we were on uh, the Epstein track back in 2015 when we were talking about Pizzagate. When I hear the the uh, the description of Pizzagate as Hillary Clinton owns a pizza parlor that traffic children uh, and isn't that crazy? I'm saying, yeah, that is crazy. That was never the main story. Epstein was always at the center of Pizzagate. Yeah. Yes, it did have connections with Hillary Clinton. Oh, I don't know. For some crazy reason, like her and her husband are on the flight logs to Epstein's island. Again, not a conspiracy theory, just facts. Um, and, you know, there seems to be this obsession with saying, yeah, yeah, well, Epstein's doing this crazy, horrible stuff, but uh, I mean, Pizzagate, you're crazy. It's just like this <laughs> deflection that yeah. uh, you know, that makes no sense to me. And it's really irritating 
So, yeah, yeah, just because somebody posts about Epstein and they've also mentioned Pizzagate, they show that they have a complete lack of knowledge about, uh, you know, the actual facts of the Pizzagate understanding. And they are letting the uh, the misinformation that characterizes Pizzagate as centered around Hillary Clinton owning a pizza parlor is uh, complete disinfo, misinfo, redirection, deflection. Um, and it only Uh, reveals that they care more about their partisan politics than they do about, you know, actually helping the children. Um, One interesting fact, you know, I I wouldn't necessarily, uh, you know, I don't want to make a habit of... um, of uh, plugging other podcasts uh, because of course, as we see here, the second you mention another podcast, you must believe and agree with every single thing that person says, which is not true. And part of the problem with society today, but um, Sam, what's his name? Sam Sam Harris. Harris. Yes. Sam Harris just did a podcast called the worst epidemic. And it is a grueling podcast. discussion about the the epidemic of child trafficking and uh, it is not for the faint of heart but i was happy to see that he did it uh, and did call it the worst epidemic which i think we would all agree with here um, and goes into some very distressing details and it's all you know sam harris he's not a conspiracy guy you know he's a allegedly quite an academic type guy although like us he's sort of hated by everybody because he uh you know thinks for himself at least it seems that way that's the brand he's putting out so anyways if you're looking for a a a pretty brutal but uh very real discussion um that you know, if you're looking for one that is a little bit more in the mainstream, as far as a mainstream discussion, a very good discussion about child trafficking and um, not for the faint of heart, though. It has some very disturbing uh, parts of the discussion, which he uh, disclaims at the beginning. But there you go. Sam Harris, uh, the worst epidemic, I believe it was called. I'm sorry to go off on such a tangent okay. there, but but I, yeah. I was very impressed by the conversation uh, regarding that topic, and and I think it's valuable. Right. Okay. Uh, moving on here, as it turns out, clicking on any assortment of innocuous seeming hashtag, whether it's save the children or end trafficking, puts you straight into an insane spectrum of ideologies and analyses. Whether it's anti-porn Christian voices or those who proclaim that Trump is about to liberate the world by rounding up pedophiles. There's a subtle grift here, too, one in which lifestyle influencers rapidly transition to blaring messaging about child trafficking as a cornerstone of their brand, despite no educational background or experience. Uh, and she goes on here. I stumbled across one organization dubbed Child Abuse Resistance Education, or CARE. That was apparently born in mid-July as the brainchild of two women in Orange County, California. Their very first post notes their mission to quote uh, is, quote, to tell the story the media refuses to cover. They're courting donations on PayPal despite no, no formal agenda and a completely unfinished website, including no project under the projects tab. And despite a superficial lack of conspiracy rhetoric on their image posts, you can find it right in the hashtag of a caption, hashtag Lolita Express, hashtag Pedo Clinton, hashtag Pedo Ellen, and hashtag Pedowood is real. 
elsewhere. I, and again, th- a lot of this stuff that always happens with these articles to try to tear, tear down this stuff is the straw man of taking one example. That's not even close to the people doing actual research and say, see, look yeah. at how horrible these people are and how unqualified they are to talk about this. Uh, just you know, completely ignoring all the people that have done a lot of heavy lifting and exposing yeah, this stuff for years. Absolutely. And another aspect of this, when it comes to the the sort of mainstream reports, you'll notice every mainstream uh, report about Pizzagate or anything connected to it, they go through so many hoops and uh, sort of logis- logical acrobatics. Strictly... It seems when you boil it down to let celebrities and uh, whether they be political or or entertainment based celebrities um, to let them off the hook. You know, they'll agree child trafficking is the worst it's ever been and it's horrible and it's happening more than anybody's willing to talk about. But they they bend over backwards to try to let celebrities off the hook as if, you know, a celebrity being embroiled in some illegal activity is just so crazy that you're (laughs) such a conspiracy theorist to even consider it, which, which is so blatant uh, in its uh, grasping to keep the, uh, the, the control over the minds of the population by keeping these deities of celebrity clean when over and over and over these celebrities are getting taken down by their illegal activity. It just, it's wild to me that these people would insist that to suspect any celebrity involvement, again, political or in the entertainment industry, uh, is conspiracy theory. And uh, what that's doing is showing the levers of control saying, okay, we're totally losing control of this story. So yeah, let's admit that it's going on. But to say that Ellen or Clinton or Tom Hanks or anybody could have participated is complete conspiracy theory. Put these people back up on a pedestal uh, where they belong. I think it was last week, Ellen's uh, producers, like two or three main producers of the Ellen show were taken down for, you know, basically sexual misconduct, sexual misconduct. Yeah. So, yeah, Yeah. I don't don't know. Um, I know that's crazy. And that's what makes it so much crazier when these reporters will go through all possible lengths to uh, get celebrities off the hook while having to sort of sheepishly admit that, uh, you know, this horrible thing is happening in the world. And it's disgusting. They should be ashamed of themselves. I don't know how they sleep at night, but I hope their paychecks are big enough to uh, make them feel a little bit better about it. Yeah. So she gives a couple more examples and then she goes on here. It's not that I'm convinced someone like Jocene, which is another example she gives here, is actively trying to run a grift or her uh, grift on her audience. The others I'm not so sure about, but it's hard to Mm -hmm. ignore how so many people are aggressively pivoting to the issue of child trafficking in 2020, claiming to fill some important need while demonstrating very little ability to even fewer fresh, uh, fresh ideas. Oh my gosh. Uh, Yeah. These accounts generate traffic with breathless claim that child trafficking is the biggest priority of the year. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just in general, what, <laughs> like, what an evil person. I know this like, person must not have children or something. I don't know. It's just weird. Uh, uh, repeating claims that they're reporting things. The mainstream media won't touch no matter 
that a quick Google News search proves otherwise. Oh, <laughs> Google News search says so. It's the justification for posting all kinds of fringe content under the guise of being open-minded. It's why so-called professional advocacy groups would tag uh, hashtag pedo Chrissy, as in Chrissy Teigen, under a post of smiling kids with signs at a rally. Trump himself has courted QAnon as a virulent but useful part of his fan base and the quote Hollywood plus Democrat elites equals pedophile cabal logic at play surely plays to his favor in an election year. But we also saw how fringe conspiracy theories can lead to actual violence. They bring up this point over and over and over again. As with the yeah. man who shot up the DC pizza shop with the rifle while he believing he was free. He shoot tra- up the pizza shop. <laughs> he shot one bullet that happened to destroy a hard drive right. that would uh, <laughs> hold all the relevant information. Who, who happened to be an actor whose father was yeah. involved in, in uh, helping child trafficking. Anyway, uh, perhaps more frightening than the gunshots, though, is how even despite attempts to limit conspiracy content on social media platforms, this rhetoric just simmered until 2020 arrived and pivoted the best possible context for uh, everything to boil over. It didn't make much for, quote, Epstein didn't kill himself memes to wrap into paranoid rehashes of the Clinton body count with all sorts of alleged ties between politicians, dead people, exploited kids and a retail corporation. <laughs> I think that's a. Uh, uh, Wayfair? The, the Wayfair, yeah. Mm. The reality is less about the ring of pedophiles pulling strings all over the world and more about the sad consequences of a broken social framework that pushes young people into exploitation, says Nola Brantley, an advocate and expert who trains government officials, lawyers, and other service providers on child abuse. She is a co founder and former director of Miss C with three S's, a nonprofit in Oakland that focuses on getting assistance to trafficked youth. Brantley tells me that she's seeing and hearing about a consistent increase in abuse cases as an effect of the COVID pandemic, which she suggests has made it harder for people to spot and report abuse. But as for the galaxy brain theories on a global conspiracy uh, uh, to traffic kids, quote, I don't get caught up in it, she said quickly. Quote, the reality is people living in poverty, experiencing historical oppression, uh, generational trauma. These are the real roots of what leads people to the commercial sex industry. It's not necessarily some barbed wire and handcuffs that keep kids in this. It's circumstance, a lack of lack of opportunity and the normalization of abuse End quote. Uh, but that that's not as juicy as a pedophile class. That's protected by Democrats. It's not as comforting either to know that there's no mass bust and trial that can solve this crisis. Uh, The work of a group like Operation Underground Railroad proves that it takes so much work to free just a few kids from slavery, usually with no-name brand villains to point a finger at when the dust settles. It all reminds me of the gap between our cultural view of rapists and shadowy men in alleys rather than uncles and mentors and friends. Fittingly, there seems to be a lot of new noise around trafficking, but little fresh insight into what fixing the problem requires. Meanwhile, people with no idea of the harms of French uh, theories. Yeah, crazy to think that arresting high-profile yeah. traffickers wouldn't would not be a sufficient solution for this person, or at least play a major role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Must protect celebrities. I know. Must protect celebrities. Uh, only to be left earnestly wondering what QAnon is all about or whether there's any merit to stories of pedophiles harvesting young, young blood or adrenochrome. 
again, lots of interesting uh, data concerning that. Quote, can a trend like this cause issues for people that are doing real work who need funding and support who need uh, who now see problems because that funding and support is getting divided and spent on people who aren't even doing real work on the issue? Yeah, I do think that could be a problem, uh, could be problematic for legitimate organizations, especially if these new straw accounts man. end up getting more reach online. Brantley tells me and again, Total this is straw one man. group, one group that she's highlighting here. Um, yeah. Well, if, you know, Joe Schmo's YouTube channel is posting about Pizzagate, then uh, this other institution won't get all the government money. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> how does that divert funds at all (laughs) maybe maybe they should get on the QAnon pedogate train and then they'll they'll get a whole bunch of funding you know you know i just don't believe this person i think (laughs) you think i don't believe this reporter is is a pedophile no i think you know whether (laughs) well maybe who knows apparently there's more of them than we could possibly think and this person seems to be uh insistent that nobody in the limelight of uh you know american media could possibly be involved in such nonsense um but you know i i don't know i i actually would really like to talk to a non sort of conspiracy involved child trafficking uh, uh, relief organization, whatever that looks like. I know that there are are many and they all touch different aspects of solving the problem, but uh, I don't know. I think, I think regardless of if it's connected to conspiracy theories or not, there has been more, voices raised about this issue that has just been languishing in obscurity forever for decades and decades and decades i think uh, the attention that's being brought to it now regardless of if it's talking about hillary clinton or not is raising enough uh, eyebrows to to only it can only help the situation to bring uh this kind of attention to it yeah. that's just my my uh my view of it I think this person presents, uh, this is basically just a bullet point list of straw men uh, to, again, discredit uh, anything that goes against the official story. Oh. And for some reason, so obvious, trying to protect celebrities. I thought it was a she writing this. Apparently it's a he. Uh, Oh, yeah. I thought it was a she too. Eric Kim, I think. Or Eddie Kim. Eddie Kim. Feature writer based in Los Angeles. So... Yeah, maybe. Yeah. You know, it's the other part of this, I think, to keep in mind here, um, because I know that a lot of people are on the QAnon train and they think that, you know, because of QAnon, they've raised awareness of this issue. And that is true to some extent. Um, But, you know, I was looking at some uh, some old Russ Dizdar footage and some audio and he's been talking about this stuff for long and he's been dealing with it directly with law enforcement, with the connection to satanic ritual abuse and multiple personality disorder. Was was he not the one who told us about Epstein five years ago? Uh, He he might've been, we had a guest on Canary cry radio who, who brought up Epstein before years before I'd ever heard uh, Epstein's name. Yeah, I think um, him you know, and the, uh, the people involved in this knew about Epstein for for years. Yeah, and yeah. We're talking about it. The other one was um, William Ramsey. I think also brought up Epstein as uh, part of the whole situation there. But yeah, he was a uh, very yeah. early uh, interview for us. I think twenty 
2012, 2013, maybe at the latest. So yeah, we, we've known about some of these issues for a long time. And in the context of, you know, with Russ Dizdar talking about uh, the, the spiritual side of things, the SRA side of things, which is sort of, you know, kind of missed or buried as part of this discussion as well. It's like, yeah, child oh, trafficking will never be talked about. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of uh, the other side of it, which is more disturbing is this satanic literal ritual abuse going on. And I think that's sort of uh, uh, the spiritual side of things is where the it's more troubling, more in terms of the church to do something about it in spiritual warfare. That's where we can, really step up. And, you know, listening to the old Russ Dizdar stuff, he was always frustrated that churches don't uh, acknowledge that this stuff existed. So Mm -hmm. in that sense, maybe it's better that, you know, that the, uh, there's more awareness, but I think it's also a a false type of hope or hopium, if you will, to suggest that like, Oh, Mm -hmm. Trump's for sure going to bring it down or QAnon's going to take him down because, you know, it's kind of like, well, uh, what what's the benefit okay i get the benefit as sort of an immediate thing but do you really think the entire network of these elite people running children around the world are going to be actually taken down and if so how do we know number one number two how do we prevent it from rising up again what do we do more surveillance you know what do we do microchip mm. the children to make sure they don't get taken like what's the provision here what's if you look ahead the solutions aren't really as uh clear or as uh, you know as i don't know they're not as good in a sense if you really think about what the outcome of this takedown would be sure we want to see certain people get arrested or you know a, a perk walk of the clintons or whatever like that that'll be a momentous oh, occasion in, delicious in, it would it would it would satisfy a lot of the uh, uh a lot of the people in this realm however if we're going to get down to brass tacks and get to the reality of the situation does it solve the the core issue here? And I I would argue that it does not. That the the idea mm. of pedophiles existing that's not going to go away. The idea of some kind of network that traffics and grooms children that's not necessarily going to go away. And, and and again, if we take it down, if we can take down the biggest network. How in the world are we going to make sure it doesn't happen again? We can employ yeah. all of those measures. The you know the surveillance well, everywhere, surveillance all that kind of being- stuff surveillance being the biggest part of it and this was and again i hate to to make it part of the conversation but i think it's uh, i think again oh, sam harris so, brought oh, it up yes the worthwhile conversation with sam harris the worst epidemic um the, i saw somebody ask that it is not behind his paywall so oh, you, okay. the, the he has the full conversation out because he uh he believes that you know he, he it's important and he just wants to get it out there and he wants to talk about it. And he, so he took it out from beneath the paywall. Uh, you can just search Sam Harris on, uh, uh, whatever, whatever podcast thing. Um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. It went into this conversation of surveillance, uh, digital privacy, things like that. And he makes some really good points and it does, it does throw a wrench into the gears of privacy purists because yeah. if, you know, regarding something as simple as, you know, a, a law enforcement backdoor to iPhones, you know, there's many different, many different uh, conversations around privacy, but that that is just one topic. OK, backdoor uh, into uh, iPhone, you know, data. 
which has been highly contested and Apple's done a, a fairly okay job compared to their competitors until of keeping, recently uh, until yeah uh, but even then they're still doing better than everybody else but sure. s- still not great but the question being gone's as you know if the option was give law enforcement a backdoor into iPhones in order to you know make a big dent in child trafficking even if it's to save you know any number of individual children you can put any number on it yeah what what is your privacy worth when it comes to shutting down uh child trafficking you know right and it's a really good question because generally i will admit generally i take the privacy purist view which is you know under no circumstances should uh, the government be allowed a backdoor into your private digital data um but I do I want them to be able to get in the private data of somebody who is uh even if they're not trafficking children proper what if they have you know a thousand files right. of uh, that's horrible material that they're sharing out and they're selling or they're you know doing whatever contributing to the problem of child trafficking yeah I do want the government to be able to get in there. I don't believe that person has the right to the privacy that I believe I have the right to, Right. you know? So it's a very conflicting conversation for privacy purists. And it, you know, it did. And me knowing the, the risks of allowing, you know, uh, knowing the risks of the slippery slope of digital privacy and access uh, you know, unauthorized access by the government, knowing the slippery slope, I could not deny that I would, you know, I want the government to go into these iPhones and take down these sick people. Um, so it's just a matter of, you know, how much uh, are privacy purists willing to bend on that, uh, you know, digital privacy puritanism, uh, in order to make it more possible to take down evil people. And it's, uh, it's a difficult, it's a difficult conversation because yeah. like I said, I said it again, I'm quite the privacy purist. Um, but if the question is, do I get to keep my precious privacy and, you know, let children suffer as a result of it? I'm not willing to commit to that either. Well, it so, all it all kind of comes down to uh, it's it is an ethics question, but also do you truly have uh, a, a real a real true sense of private or not a sense, but do you actually have tan- tangible privacy when you're using digital anything? That's another yeah. question that well, brings up. Well, and that's. Well, and that's actually something that does need to be addressed yeah. because there seems to be this information and I would call it disinfo, you know, and it's used in the with the concept that, oh, they already have everything. They can already get into everything. And I'm telling you, that isn't the truth there. You can keep, uh, you know, if you're careful and you're diligent, you can keep your digital privacy. This idea that the government already has every possible piece of your digital data is just not true. And it's it's used as uh, it's used as an argument 
uh, to stifle privacy uh, focused people, you know, tell them, why are you so focused on this? That's right. so silly. They already well, have everything. And uh, it's maybe I'll go into it deeper later on. But the cold hard truth is they don't. If they did have a backdoor into everything, if they did have a backdoor into everything, why would we even be talking about it? Why would it even be brought up in Congress? Why well, would it even be an ongoing thing? Well, they got to keep the illusion going, but also, well, sure, you would <laughs> you would chalk it up to complete theater. Yeah, um, but there, you know, there's there's a line between complete theater and you know and. Well, well the, the uh, other side of that, <laughs> not complete the theatrical theater. theater. Well, the other, um, the other thing to mention, and this is getting a little bit more into the, um, I guess, uh, futuristic talk, or uh, you, you can call esoteric conversation about quantum computers and AI and all that. But uh, in the show that I just finished watching called travelers, uh, that was one of the things they can only travel back in time to the 21st century when technology was everywhere because the AI quantum computer uh, can see anything, access anything that ever had a computer chip in it. And that mm -hmm. was kind of one of their talking points. And if you talk about a quantum computer that can calculate endless, you know, infinite calculations and possibilities and, and to, you know, to find the, that one thing, uh, theoretically, it's possible for something like that to take place where it can go back and mine all kinds of uh, information that was that's stored on microchips, not necessarily accessible to humans now, but given a backdoor, a, a backdoor in the sense that anything computing wise, electronics uh, kind of is a theoretical and, and possibility. Is all I'm theoretical saying. Theoretical and also, I mean, if I'm going to be real about it, I mean, I spend way too much time <laughs> getting the details on this and thinking about this and talking to people about this. And you know, there's just things to remember the a, you can have digital privacy. It is right possible. Now. It yes. takes it, right now. It takes energy. It takes diligence and it takes uh, non-compromising, you know, the uh, uh, strategies, right. but you can do it. So this idea that the government already has everything is false. I believe it's disinformation uh, in order to, normalize the idea of letting them have everything and you can see it at work with this tiktok thing yeah you know uh, we've spent a lot of time talking about tiktok the past few episodes and and its relation to privacy and all these you know gen zers saying all oh, the government already has everything already knows everything why would i care about tiktok you know taking my information over to china and it's just not true. It's been normalized for them to not care about their privacy. Yeah. And that's what's dictating these conversations. And I'm telling you right now, folks, it is possible to have uh, the privacy if you if you put enough energy into it. So don't let the normalization uh, sink in. That will make you complacent and, you know, give up the permission, if you will, the consent uh, to companies and governments to have everything right um th they want you to think that it's already happening and then tying it back to this conversation about uh you know surveillance and privacy given the pedophile network so mm -hmm. to speak or just pedophiles in general or just bad people in general criminals in general you know the, it's almost like one of those things that you we, we're not necessarily going to be able to solve 
And there's not going to be a right answer. It feels like the pendulum might swing one way or the other. But the problem is once you give government access, then they're never going to give it up. So it's always going to be the situation, I think, for the foreseeable future, the best interest for all of us is to maintain that level of privacy that we have digitally or access to the type of privacy that you're talking about and um, figure out ways that we can, uh, you know, expose some of those actors in other ways that doesn't have to be a digital footprint. You know, these people that uh, use this type of thing of encrypted networks and all that, you know, the dark web and all that they Mm -hmm. leave, they leave trails, but also they're actually real people in the real world and so if they are seen, you know, doing something somewhere or you could kind of get my drift where it's like, they're going to be acting in the real world doing something. And so if there's enough of a cause there or, or suspicion there, it's almost like a warrant, you know, I right. can see how that can, uh, uh, trigger some sort of access or allowed access into, uh, you know, a backdoor of a digital device per se. But again, You know, that just depends on the amount of uh, savvy that the people that are doing this type of thing have. And And there's certain there's certain triggers, like you said, that would that would make warrants be uh, effective or viable. The problem is that a lot of times you can't you can't get a, a warrant just based on. It's very complicated that the separation between right, digital I I understand. privacy yeah. and traditional warrant thing. So a lot of people are saying, yeah, just make it a warrant system. You get a warrant to get in. Yeah, no, but, the but then pro- that, yeah. there's a lot of problems. It's yeah, more complicated yeah. than that. And we don't have enough time to go into it on this show, but uh, we'll keep it in mind for further conversations later on. Yeah. And uh, part of the discussion too, with getting into how we're going to, our systems, our internet is becoming more decentralized. And so that's another mm-hmm. part of the conversation. We won't get into it necessarily, but um, of how things can uh, exist immutably, and but mm-hmm. n- not necessarily the access to that information. And that's, that's a whole other right. level. And that's why uh, in the world of cryptography, you know, people talk about, you know, Bitcoin. Oh, what about the quantum computer? It's going to hack your Bitcoin. It's like, well, if quantum computers can ha- hack Bitcoin, it's going to be able to hack everything. <laughs> so it's, you know, Bitcoin is going to be the last of your concerns. It's going to hack all, all computing systems. Everything, if you everything. every possible so, thing. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's, it's more than that. It's a, it's a bigger conversation to talk about that. But yeah, I think we've kind of gone on about this, but I think we, yeah, the point here so. being it's- that it's a, it's, it's a discussion that needs to be had more as part of the greater discussion of child trafficking and the solutions of it. And, and because right now it's just, uh, you know, the people like here, the, you know, this Eddie Kim guy saying, Oh, it's crazy conspiracy people. And then on the other side, you know, you got your really zealous, uh, QN on folks saying, we're going to take him down. You know, Trump's going to take him down and it's all going to be great mm-hmm. in the new age. And, and then, you know, that, that whole thing. So, uh, per usual, there is a, a narrow path in between where, um, some truth lies and, 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 you know, where we ought to sort of stand. Truth is, lies. Yes. And, uh, and it's not so much, it's not so easy to just make it a political issue because there's a spiritual side to this. And there's like, we've been talking about the, uh, surveillance side of this and, and actual tangible solutions to this problem of uh, this networking of, of trafficking of children and the children that go missing and all this kind of stuff. So, 
Um, yeah, it's a, it, it does seem like a big Hegelian dialectic problem reaction solution though, doesn't it? It's like, well, oh yeah, all the children. Yeah, yeah, we got to take and take down all the pedophiles. Well, why don't we microchip them so they we know chip exactly the where they are, you know? Chip the kids. So, I don't know. I'm almost convinced. I'll chip the kids. <laughs> you're gonna, are you going to chip your cats? <laughs> are your cats chipped? Uh, they are chipped, actually. Yeah. Oh, you got Mark of the Beast cats. Mark of the... <laughs> and you're the, you're the beast. They, they have little Bible studies, cat Bible studies at night. I know everything about you, little kitten. And they're all the googly eyes or he, googly eyes or the beast. You shall have two eyes that are googly. All right. Are, are we going to hit these other two little details on the situation? Oh yeah. Uh, I forgot about that. We, we kind of need to be moving <laughs> yes, forward real quick. Uh, well, yeah. So first off, let me, let me do this one real quick because we could skip them. I mean, I don't know if uh, let me just take a moment important. to mention it okay. because, um, right. the, one of the things that, uh, even this article mentioned was save the children, you know, save the children was trending, save the children. And mm -hmm. I, I thought it was interesting that, uh, they changed a lot of the QAnon folks in the, in the pro pedogate or, you know, excuse me, anti pedogate folks changed it to, uh, save our children because save the children.org is a foundation that seems to lead to all the big corporations and not just that, but if you go to their about page here, let me see if I can find this about page. I thought I had it in here. Um, I guess I closed the wrong one because uh, maybe it's his first about page. Uh, it's got a list of names of people that are involved in this. And um, man, I totally don't have it right here. I got to find it. But let's see, maybe leadership and trustees. Maybe that's are where you looking for the partners. What are you looking for? Uh, yeah, just people involved in it. And oh, um, people I've got a list of companies here. Yeah, you got the list of companies, but then there's oh, man, I'm totally bumming out because I messed it up. Um, because the names that were included in here were Bill Gates, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, uh, the mm -hmm. Rockefellers. Uh, there were a few others, there's a handful of others, but anyway, the, the save the children, you well, know, organization, the Simon society that, uh, has a list here that includes the Bezos family, Bezos family. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. I think, uh, which is interesting that they they need to update that the Bezos family is not as uh, homogenous as it used to be. Yeah. Well, looks like I can't find the uh, it's exact got Oppenheimer page. in it. It's got uh wow, yeah. No, it's on that same partners page, it's just further down on the line. I thought it was um, okay. Maybe, but maybe there I you go. Let's, anyway, let's yeah, so move on. Go. If you want to take a look at, uh, we'll go into that maybe again for this is going to be an ongoing story. So yeah, we'll move that on. And I think, you know, the Hasbro doll thing, I, I think everybody's heard of that, but let's just review it real quick and then we'll take a little break. This is from businessinsider.com. Hasbro pulls Trolls doll amid uproar over giggle button between its legs, which critics, critics say promotes child abuse. Hasbro is pulling a Trolls World Tour doll from shelves after critics said it promotes child abuse. The Trolls World Tour giggle and sing proppy doll was designed so that it would make giggling noises when in a seat 
seed, seated position, according to the Hasbro spokesperson, but a petition on change.org points out that the button activates certain sounds, is placed underneath the doll's skirt between her legs, which critics have deemed inappropriate. When you push this button on the doll's privates, she gasps and giggles. The petition, which called for the toy's removal, now has uh, more than 300 and 11,000 signatures. This is not okay for a child's toy. Um, so I'm sure everybody's seen this floating around Facebook here, but uh, yeah. yes, this, this little troll doll was very disturbing um, from now what we know as being, you know, uh, grooming tactics uh, and toys have always been a part of grooming tactics for uh, people who perpetrate this, this sin, this crime. Yeah. Um, and so, yep, they, they're taking it off the shelves. They are stopping it. And here's the one thing. It's only because of the crazy conspiracy theorists that this happened. Right. I mean, this is a very legit grooming tool. Uh, if not meant, you know, if Hasbro didn't design it for that exact purpose, not even as a corporation, but some sick designers, you know, sneaking it past uh, whatever. You know, I'm not even making any statements on the role of the corporation or individuals in the corporation, but uh, it certainly could be used for grooming. And it's only because of the crazy conspiracy theorist crowd that action was taken on this. You know, the right. the totally the the vanilla normie crowd did not <laughs> did not cause this to happen. It's the the passionate fringy folks that made this happen, taking this down, getting this off the shelves, taking it out of the hands of those who would use it as a tool for grooming. And uh, so to those uh, who are in that category, uh, we salute you. All right. Let's, uh, okay. we got to take, take a, quick a break, break and we got to, I mean, we got to get out of here. We're pretty much Yeah, we got to move fast. So we'll do that. Okay. Here we go. It's break time. That's right. Take a break, everybody. Don't go anywhere, though, because after the break, uh, we've got a very important article concerning uh, lithium being put in drinking water and uh, some some uh, some moves to make that a reality. Um, so, you know, if you're worried about water quality or fluoride or a lot of those longstanding um, topics, lithium might be next. So you're going to want to hear about that. Then uh, we'll see what we get to. But we've we'll just, also got we'll just do the uh, we'll just do the Nephilim update after that. OK, and call it a, that's what episode. we'll do. We'll move the other stories to next week's uh, sorry, Wednesday's show. Um, so stick around for that. But before then, we want to thank some of our wonderful followers and producers and guns we'll just go fast here i'm going to start over with new twitch followers these are people who answered the call to follow us on twitch um, it helps us out a lot when you follow us and view the show on twitch we had a, a nice little spike in twitch viewers today so thank you very much for that folks and uh, we've got some funny new usernames here so let's uh, go down the list are you ready guns yep Step Rouge. Thank you very much, Step Rouge. Uh, Kemozo. Thank you very much, Kemozo. We got Bad Guacamole. There's a lot of talk about Ooh. guacamole in the chat today. Bad Guacamole. Thanks for being here. Tommy Rotten following us on Twitch. We've also got Red Ronin 19. 
Gons, this one, this one's important. Pay attention. FBI agent in Gons's phone. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so your FBI agent is now following us on Twitch. Thank oh, you very great. much. Thanks. There. We've got Roman Clature. Thank you. Aslana7. Die Cipher. Decipher. Ooh. Emerald Dragon. Selah times three. Selah X3. Can't crack the code. Thank you very much. Dave, 1667. Long time ago. Air Robinson, 30. We've got a, a deep thinker here. I question everything 97. Excellent. And uh, also another deep thinker, Lord Corn Cheese, 69. <laughs> <laughs> Mariska K. Amy Yay. Backlash and forth. Basil's not wearing goggles. <laughs> okay. Uh, ooh, this one. Uh, let's see here. Aki Achi of Yawa. There it is. Virtual the child of Yahweh. Uh, ah, uh, no. A A H C H I of uh, Yahweh. Okay. Um, virtual. Shaddy. Quandary one. Almost done here. Okay. Actually, that is it. That's the end. Thank you very much to all our new Twitch followers. It uh, really helps out a lot. And if you can, please watch the show on Twitch. We, uh, we, uh, we encourage everybody to do that. Uh, you might enjoy YouTube or Facebook or something a little bit more, but we do recommend following us on Twitch or at least multiple outlets uh, and turn on notifications because you never know who's actually going to send out the no notification and who's not. Um, but Twitch is a good option for that. Next, we want to thank some of our new producers. That's right. We are on the value for value model. What does that mean? That means we don't believe in gaining your trust and your attention and then commoditizing it and selling it to advertisers. We believe that that's, uh, that's what's wrong with the world today is that when you uh, trust and view a piece of content, a lot of times if they're selling ads, you are being commoditized turned into a number for the personal gain of the creator uh, of that content. And we just didn't want to do that. It didn't feel right to us. Uh, we didn't want to start thinking about you uh, listeners and producers as um, commodities, as just a number to get bigger so we can get paid more. Instead, we believe in the concept where if you help pay for a piece of media, if you first, if you value a piece of media, I mean, think about going out to the movies if you're going out to the movies you're going to pay you know 15 bucks for a ticket and don't even get me started on if you're buying uh, popcorn and stuff you could easily spend 50 bucks at a movie theater and you get you know two hours of entertainment well we're putting out sometimes eight to ten hours of entertainment not entertainment more than entertainment uh, every week. Yes. Infosainment. Uh, <laughs> if you, <laughs> and so there you go. If, if you gain any value, maybe consider, uh, comparing it to other pieces of data that you, uh, absorb. And if you value the show, you want to keep the show going and, uh, you want to put your, your money where your heart is, um, helping the show out is a great way to do that. And because this is the real world, you're not just a listener. You're not just a donor. You are a producer. 
So we want to thank some of our new producers. Guns, are you ready? I am ready. Yes. Yes, ready. Okay. Over here at patreon.com slash CCNT for Canary Cry News Talk. Patreon.com slash CCNT. We got a couple of people coming in. First of all, guns, let us thank. I'm going to go to the official list here. Let's thank uh, Sergey. Thank you very much, Sergey. Coming in. And then let's... uh, Give a big old thank you to producer AMF. Thanks, AMF. That's right. Some new producers. Everybody in the chat is thanking you. And if you're not, you need to thank them now because they are helping the show keep it going. And now over at patreon.com slash canarycryradio, two separate accounts, but uh, you get to take your pick. Canary uh, Patreon.com slash canarycryradio. I want to thank uh, a a an existing producer for upgrading their producership. And that is uh, producer Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie. Thank you. Thank you very much, Stephanie. Like I always say, it's hard enough to get new people to support the show. It's even more difficult to get producers to uh, upgrade their support. So we are eternally grateful for Stephanie, but also Sergey and AMF. Now, if you don't like Patreon, that's okay. We've got more ways for you to support the show. One of them is canarycryradio.com slash support. Canarycryradio.com slash support. That's right. And over there at canarycryradio.com slash support, we've got uh, PayPal options. You can join on a monthly subscription or if commitment's not your thing, a one-time donation in any amount. We've also got cryptocurrency stuff and all sorts of ways to support the show. Remember, you get what you put into it or you put in what you get out of it. Either way, uh, please consider supporting supporting the show now guns who came in over paypal since last episode well from paypal we have some producers here ciara ciara and we also have producer justin justin thank you very much justin and finally we had producer brian come in brian thank you very much Thank you, thank you, thank you. We could not do it without you, our producers, and we appreciate that very much. Now, there's other ways you can support the show. You can create art. You can create jingles. You can uh, do all sorts of fun stuff. Gans, did anybody do any uh, hard production work this week? Uh, I don't think we got any jingles as far as I can tell. Uh, If I missed you, please let me know, and uh, we'll definitely get to it. But, Get you on the next episode. Uh, of course, we we can't go an episode without art from Ali Gazel and Bonds in the chat. Ah, yes. And uh, today she sent us a piece of art, hand drawn, called mm. "Just Glitch It." And <laughs> just glitch it. <laughs> this uh, just this this was in response to our last episode being so glitchy and not uh you know not being problematic able to, yeah very problematic today the children and, uh, the children not the kids they're not goats <laughs> oh sorry <laughs> um and yes so thank you ali gazel and bonds this is a very good one uh, to describe it to the audio listeners it's called just glitch it and it is a pack of dogs we've got two dogs uh and one of them is using a computer which is very impressive and uh this dog is saying they're going live again boss and then uh, the other do- dog the boss dog now mind you these dogs have collars on uh that <laughs> that are youtube branded 
So these are the, yeah. the YouTube dog mafia. And the boss dog says, pull it. Wait, I have a better idea. Glitch it. <laughs> and so that's why we've been having so many glitches on YouTube. The dog mafia over at YouTube do not like our cat centric. <laughs> and you got to, uh, uh, you can't, you can't forget about the, uh, the all seeing eye pyramid YouTube logo in the yes. background. And mm-hmm. also, uh, the, yeah, the little YouTube uh, puppy down below, you know, it's, uh, they, yes. they get them early, you know, they, they groom Lots them of- early. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of little details. You really do need to check out this art for yourself. And if you want to do that, you can. Uh, I, I have not done the art post on Facebook. I promise I will do that uh, soon. But you can find a bunch of art uh, from producers of the show at uh, can, uh, facebook.com slash Canary Cry Radio or on the show notes at Canary Cry News Talk dot So make sure to check that out and uh, make sure to thank all of our wonderful producers for keeping the show going and adding to the value um, in all sorts of different ways. So remember, you can become a producer. Please do. We need uh, it's sometimes it's sad when we have an episode and have no producers to announce. So if you've been waiting for your time uh, to support the show, even if it's a few bucks a month, whatever, um, you know, we we understand that money's tough for everybody right now. Although Trump uh, did go rogue and approve some uh, some stimulus packages for even though congress went home without coming to a decision trump going rogue again and giving out money to the people so anyways if uh, you got a few bucks and you want to help support the show we can't we literally literally cannot do the show without our producers um so please remember us for the next show on wednesday which will be the 12th of august um and head to patreon.com slash ccnt or canarycryradio.com slash support. Canarycryradio.com slash support. That's right. And you can also uh, help us out by leaving a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. That's very important. And more than anything, just share the show with your people. All right, Gons, are we good to wake up? You ready? Yes, it's wake-up time. Hey, y'all, wake up. Wake up, sleepyheads, and here it is. This is, I loved this piece of news uh, because it is such a throwback to an old and uh, legit conspiracy to drug uh, people all over the world through their water supply, um, mainly focused in America, but I know it happens other places as well. And that's the fluoride issue. Um, if you're if you're not aware of this, uh, there's a, a simple Google search will teach you everything you need to know. Uh, go ahead and check out Snopes. <laughs> but here we go. Vice.com. The article says scientists say lithium should be added to drinking water to prevent suicides. A new study published in the British Journal of Psychiatry finds a link between lithium in drinking water and lower suicide levels. Maybe they had the right idea putting lithium lithium in 7-Up when it was first sold in 1929. Oh, the good old days where there's cocaine (laughs) Cocaine. and Coca-Cola and lithium in 7-Up. Lithium in 7-Up, yeah. There is a funny uh, meme going around uh, regarding the 1918 flu pandemic. And it's like, yeah, you know, they had a pandemic in 1918, but at least they had cocaine in their soda. (laughs) 
<laughs> it was a different time. Definitely. Yeah, maybe they had the right idea putting lithium in 7-Up when it was first sold in 1929 because in an era of rising suicide rates, especially among young people, a new study from Brighton and Sussex Medical School published in the British Journal of Psychiatry has found a strong link between geographical areas with high levels of lithium in public drinking water and lower suicide rates. In a press release from BSMS, the study's lead author, Professor Anjum Memon, said, quote, It is promising that higher levels of trace lithium in drinking water may exert an anti-suicidal effect and have the potential to improve community mental health. Part funded by King's College London, the study is a meta-analysis of three decades of research in Austria, Greece, Italy, Lithuania, UK, Japan... And the USA. It concludes that lithium's protective abilities could be further tested by randomized community trials of lithium supplementation of the water supply in communities with high prevalence of mental health conditions and risks of suicide. Which basically means <laughs> their test subjects would be the entire city of Los Angeles or New York or, you know, something like that. Deliberately lacing the water supply with a mind altering chemical in some zones might seem like something out of a science fiction novel. But the authors of the report, as other scientists have said before them, think it's an idea worth experimenting. The report states, quote, these findings, which are consistent with the findings in clinical trials that lithium reduces suicide and relates uh, related behaviors in people with a mood disorder suggests that naturally occurring lithium in drinking water may have the potential to reduce the risk of suicide and may possibly help in mood stabilization particularly in populations with relatively high suicide rates and geographical areas with a greater range of lithium concentration in the drinking water. Just a real quick note right here, just to compare it with the fluoride studies and the uh, addition of fluoride in drinking water across the world. Um, the study, the original study did find that naturally occurring fluoride uh, in water did help with people's teeth but the problem was that that study was used to justify pouring synthetically created fluoride, which is a uh, a chemical byproduct of some, you know, uh, it's basically waste. It's chemical waste, this synthetic fluoride. So this naturally occurring fluoride, which, you know, does exist in nature and can be found in some water sources, was uh, used to justify pouring chemical waste, which is synthetic fluoride. And then we can get into uh, all sorts of scientific reasons why they are not the same it's a it's a very it's it's complex but it's not uh too much to understand just too much for this short amount of time we have left today um but there you go same thing happening here naturally occurring lithium in drinking water uh may have the potential to reduce the risk of suicide but that's going to lead to pouring synthetic chemical waste lithium into water but anyways moving on you cannot blame scientists for thinking outside the box on suicide prevention. Our mental health has been deteriorating over lockdown. Current figures show there are around 800,000 suicides a year. It is the second leading cause of death among 15 to 29 year olds globally. Unfortunately, the evidence shows that the isolation and economic stress caused by COVID-19 may well exacerbate this trend and lead to a rise in suicides. So basically what they're saying is we created a situation that caused 
caused more suicides. And so now we have the excuse to drug everybody against their consent. Just if you wanted a clarification of that last paragraph. The article continues, quote, in these unprecedented times of COVID-19 pandemic and the consequence, uh, consequent increase in the incidence of mental health conditions, accessing ways to improve community mental health and reduce the incidence of anxiety, depression and suicide is ever more important, said Professor Memon. Uh, a similar quote can also be found in Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. Uh, scientists are not certain, ex certain exactly how this naturally occurring silver white metallic element found in soil, seawater and rocks and therefore vegetables, grains and water supplies alters human mood. The suspicion is that it stimulates the growth of nerve cells. But since it was discovered in 1949 by Australian psychiatrist John Cade to be effective in treating mania, it has become a recognized medication for the treatment and pre prevention of bipolar disorder, for stabilizing mood, and in reducing the risk of suicide in people with mood disorders. In some studies, it has been shown to help reduce aggression and the onset of dementia. Before it became approved medicine in the early 20th century, lithium drinks, including 7-Up, which removed the lithium in 1949, uh, to go back to the days, lithium beer, lithium water from an ancient Native American sacred medicinal spring in Georgia were promoted as calming tonics due to its electroconductive properties. Lithium has since been used as a component in batteries and cell phones. Oh no, don't tell the kids that. They already got done eating Tide Pods. Don't tell them they need to eat batteries. <laughs> or just now use their cell phones to prevent suicide. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Ooh, the poetry is... Mm -hmm. uh, it's incredible. Now, it is available as a mood balancing supplement available in online health shops, shops in the form of lithium or rotate, although its effectiveness in this form is not proven. And then, you know what? I'm going to skip the rest because it kind of just keeps going into, well, it goes into dosing issues uh, and how much water people drink, all the same type of uh, worries that we would worry about. But there you go, Gons. Let's uh, pour some psychoactive medication into the water supply. I'm so happy because <laughs> today I found my friends. You know that song? Hist yes. History will look <clears throat> back on the human race and be like, oh, what a strange time when they, uh, you know, all these depressive uh, and uh, mentally unhealthy uh, lifestyles were celebrated and lauded as the pinnacle of human achievement. And they were so good that we had to drug the entire population to keep them from killing themselves. Oh, humans. You know, one of the things that <laughs> it's for some reason, I remember this about the song lithium by Nirvana, which is what, the, what I was singing there a moment ago. Mm -hmm. I remember a buddy of mine who was just a, you know, super grunge guy. He was like, you know, the greatest genius of Kurt Cobain. Mm. He made, yeah, a chorus because the chorus of that song is literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a That's genius. what lithium will do to you. A whole, a whole generation of people drinking water and just singing. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they want. Not people. Well, that's not a very good example. Kurt Cobain committed suicide, allegedly. Uh-oh. Yeah. yeah. It's full circle. There you go. Okay. But yeah. So there you uh, go, folks. They're taking the fluoride situation to the next level. Keep an eye out. 
Yep, yep, yep. All right, people calling us fools in the chat. Always good. We got one more story here before we got to get out of here, and that is a Nephilim update. Nephilim update. Nephilim update. Nephilim update. This is from algaminer.com, I think. Mm. Algaminer. Former NFL running back blames Jewish cabal for abuses in the world. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, we've talked about this guy before. Former NFL star running back Larry Johnson has posted a series of anti-Semitic tweets, one which blamed the Jewish cabal for human trafficking, sex trafficking, pedophilia, ritualistic child torture, perversion, and human sacrifice slash murder. Uh-oh. Yeah, one tweet on Sunday responded to ESPN host Max Kellerman, who, in response to anti-Semitic social media posts, Last month by Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver Deshaun Jackson said in the aftermath of the controversy that, quote, Jews do not have a plan for world domination. Hmm. And uh, let me just keep going down here because I'll get to the uh, the Nephilim part here because he uh, here we go. Johnson also claimed that before the Abrahamic religions, which is stupid in itself because Israelites, Shemites aren't a religion. Okay, Uh, the Nephilim that tainted line of ham were the first babylonian occult practitioners of pagan idolatry aas you are not hamites you're more shemitic oh wow very uh he's really diving right in huh diving right into the uh hr movement there uh or what is it the b what is it uh i'm talking about black israelites yeah what yeah b-i-h b-i-h yeah or no b-h-i Sorry. Yeah. Black Hebrew Israelites. Uh, so there you go. He mentioned the Nephilim and he's getting a whole bunch of people talking about it because of course, you know, who's uh, what's, what's, what's not to like about a former NFL star, black Hebrew Israelite talking about the Nephilim, bringing attention to uh, the greatest <laughs> conspiracy of this world. Nephilim Basil's true love in the chat says Joe Rogan talked about the Nephilim. Ooh, did he really? Yeah. When? Yeah, we gotta we gotta connect with that guy. Finally we can <laughs> finally we can finally get our we podcasters get on the badge. Yeah. All right. <laughs> He's gonna... All right, folks. Well, thanks for sticking around here. Um, we appreciate it so so much. And uh we apologize. Well, kind of. If you need an apology, we apologize for cutting the show a little short today. Although I, it it's was pretty long. technically, it was technically the length of a show. Yeah, so it was. what are you going to do about it, folks? Come at me. Um, but we thank you so, so much. Remember, we're going to be back on Wednesday, August 12th, sometime between noon and 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Make sure to follow us all over the place. Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, DLive, uh, Periscope, follow I would say follow us on all of them and turn on notifications because uh, it's really a numbers game, folks. You got to get as many <laughs> as many outlets committing to send you a notification and hopefully one of them will actually do it. Uh, so go ahead and do that and uh, tune in to Wednesday's show and remember us because we are going to need some producers to thank on that day. If you've been playing with the idea of supporting the show, producing the show, now's your chance. Uh, you, dear listener, individual listener, I'm not I'm talking to you 
individually. You've been thinking about it. Consider it uh, in the next couple of days so we can give you a shout out on next week's show, next Wednesday, this coming Wednesday's show. So thank you very much for that. Remember, you can support the show also by sending in art or jingles. Um, go ahead and send that to canarycryradio at gmail.com. Um, oh, Gons, we forgot to play the one art please jingle for the oh, art yeah. section. We got to remember to line that up because yeah, that needs here. to be there more. Um, but yes, you can create some sort of art or jingle or anything, or just give us, let us know how you rattled somebody's cage. Um, you can send that to canarycryradio at gmail.com. You can also help the show out a ton by leaving ratings and reviews anywhere you listen to the show, but specifically uh, do that on Apple Podcasts because that helps uh, the algorithms share the show with people who have never heard it before. It's an easy way to uh, support the show and spread the truth. And it's a way that Gons and I have no control over. It's all you guys. We have not had uh, a review lately, so I would appreciate that very much. Um, Let's see here. I think that's it. Anything else? Am I forgetting anything? I don't think Uh, so. Nope. I don't think so. Okay. That's all. Now, remember one of the best ways a to spread the show, but also to help wake up people in your life is to share the show with them. You know, if they start waking up, they're reading headlines, they're realizing the world is not what it seems. Uh, we like to think that we're a pretty easy entry into this type of material without being too scary. Um, so if you got somebody in your life who needs to hear this stuff, go ahead and send them an episode. Uh, let them know that, uh, Gons and I will, will, we will, be gentle as we lead them down the narrow path of truth Um, and it really helps out the show so we appreciate that and if you need any more advice here's what you do you walk right up to him you grab him by the cage and then you shake it the end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted i want to shake things up stir up some controversy rattle a few cages hey stop that don't ever silence me i'm the last angry man a crusader for the little guy leave the bird alone never the human race will have every opportunity to improve. And if they don't? Ask Noah. That's right. Just ask Noah. Thank you very much for tuning in to this episode of Canary Cry News Talk. Remember, one more time, we will be back on Wednesday the 12th, sometime between noon and 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Remember us in all the ways that you can, and we'll see you back here then. Thanks for listening to this episode of Canary Cry News Talk. Make sure to tune in next time, but until you do, think outside the cage. Ooh, the 33rd minute we are ending the show. Ooh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wake up, sheeple. Ooh, perfect timing. My virtual reality died again.
In the future, humans will be confined in a people's zoo. People, I'll keep you safe and Illuminati. 